When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome back to Coast to Coast AM. I'm Connie Willis. Uh, I would love for you to join my shows or learn something uh, about my shows or even, uh, you know, go outside here and listen to the podcast that I have for you. Uh, you can easily do that. Just simply go to ConnieWillis.com. You can find all sorts of everything there. And I'd love uh, for you to be a part of the community and the family I have. It's a really good time. We have a good time. We do have a good time, and we do a lot of fun stuff. We laugh, but we also investigate for real. Uh, Bigfoot, and we've done creepy hotspots at Waverly Hills, what we're talking about tonight. And we, we have a good time across the board, and it's all of us hanging out. We're not just uh, Bigfooters or ghost hunters or UFO watchers or uh, any, you know, mediums. It's everything deep into it, not 101. So if you're really serious... You know, yeah, it's a membership. That's right. You, you got to keep me going. So I'd love for you to join. Go to ConnieWillis.com, see what works for you, and at least sign up to get the emails. And I'll start sending those out soon. <laughs> it's a lot of work to keep all this stuff going. So, yeah, we've done uh, some of my creepy hotspots. We, we've been uh, broadcasting from uh, right there at Waverly Hills, and just amazing things have happened just with our live events that we do there and the times that i've been there amazing crazy things that happened now before so we have teeny uh, teeny teeny we got teeny tina <laughs> teeny we've got tina holy cow teeny man it's like help me out over here we we have tina mattingly she's the owner her and her husband charlie and so tina there's amazing stories, but before we get to the ghost stories and encounters and all that kind of stuff, I just want to let people know a little bit more about the background. Country club place to go. That This is the elite of the elite go for for uh, hopefully yep. living, making through list for people TV. To get in there. You know, a wait, waiting list. It was the place to be it. And, and it had even something cool 
like in each room didn't it have something new that was very new at the time was it radio in each one of the rooms oh, or yeah. something they had radio in each room we got pictures of them with their headsets on and listening to the radio and um it was the top of the line you know that's where electric blankets started out and tuberculosis hospitals for because people were laying out on those breezeways and uh, a lot of things started because of that to try to make people comfortable and you know they couldn't see their families a lot of them and you know they just uh were probably lonely probably loved sitting there and you know listening to the radio just kicking back and trying to relax when they felt horrible and hoping to be cured. It, there was like a yeah, huge restaurant, a cafeteria, yeah. and everything, right? There was, they had oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, they had everything. I met a lady one time. Her name, her name was Phyllis Byers, and when she was telling me about uh, you could smell the rose. I mean, when she was telling me the story, you could just taste this food. Because it was all really good. You know, they raised their own livestock. They, owned, they had their own eggs and Milk, you know, cows to milk and everything. They raise their own potatoes and tomatoes, and they're totally self-contained. But I remember her sitting there saying, man, you'd smell those rows cooking, and you just couldn't wait to get them. And they were just, oh, they were so good. And all of a sudden, she stopped and said, but you know they had bugs in them. Oh, gee. <laughs> and I said, they had bugs in them. And she's like, yeah. Well, you know, the flower would get weevils and stuff in it, I guess. And oh. she said, I guess when the... You know, those rows would heat up. Uh, those bugs would go right to the middle. So you had a ball of bugs right in the middle of there. But you just, oh. just pluck that ball out of there and eat that eat that row. And it was still good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <was> like, wow. <laughs> That's funny, <laughs> you know, actually. It's changed now, you know. So. Yeah. You know, I guess when they purchased things, if they did purchase things in the flower, they had to purchase big quantities. You know, so I'm sure we've well, all I, ate a weevil here and there. More oh, no, no, never, never. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so all these people are coming in. They're sick. They're trying to figure out the cure. They're believing that the the, the breezeway, I mean, there's no windows. It's all open. There's but like where windows yeah. could be, but it's the, there's no windows. That's part of the treatment. No, and yeah. and they, they've got this huge cafeteria. You know, if you ever go to this, I mean, everything is huge. Everything is cool. Like they could dance. They go to, they would dance yeah. with each other. They just live their lives. You know, their very but first party was a Halloween party. Their first party was a Halloween party? They opened up in October. And their very no first party way. was a Halloween party. And they would, you know, wow. crown the king and queen at the Halloween party. And, you know, they liked to, whatever they could do to keep people's morale up, they would do it. If you felt like getting out and doing, you know, some people that had the disease, you know, they weren't, um, you know, they weren't bedridden. Right. Until they got really bad, you know. Right. So, you know, I'm sure they, the grounds was beautiful. I've heard that you could just go outside and walk around on the grounds. You know, it set on, uh, at one point it set on about 600 acres. And um, well, I, it started wow. out smaller, but they kept purchasing more land. So, uh, yeah, it was like, kind of like a resort. You know, well, I, you had said, you said, you know, the families couldn't come visit them because they're sick with TB and there's all these people with TB. But you, <laughs> but I know I've heard some stories that it was a little love American style going on, too, because oh, they would just yeah. go from one yeah, floor to the I, other I floor people. and all of a sudden go boyfriend and girlfriends. <laughs> I met people that married their nurses. I mean, you know. 
And uh, I remember this one person telling me that they would take, because, you know, the men and women were separated and uh, on different floors. And they said that they would just tear a little hole in the screen, the copper screens, and they would tie a note and a string around <laughs> this note and drop it down to the next floor, you know, for them to get a note from them or whatever. That's and, so uh, funny. And they would meet and, you know, they snuck out of their rooms and all kinds of things. And they'd play poker. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'll never and, forget uh, another lady had told me about uh, they would sneak out and they'd play poker. And she was like, I don't know, 14 when she was there. And, you know, they didn't have their parents there. You know, they, they just couldn't. And they, she was playing poker with a bunch of them. And there was this one guy. He was uh, he was 18. And uh, he let her win. All the pennies. They had pennies. And uh, she tried to give them back to him. And he said, oh, no, you want them. He was getting ready to have surgery, you know, one of his lungs removed the next day. And he said, you keep them, and uh, I probably won't need them after tomorrow. And he didn't. He didn't make it. Oh. And I remember her, she cried, and she said, that was my first love. Oh. Well, yeah, it was sad. Some things are really sad. But, but, you uh, know, the you know, reason that I'm things. even bringing up these stories is the fact that later on, after you bought the bill, after it was no longer used anymore, and you guys purchased it and turned it into what it is today, mm -hmm. a lot of these stories are seen in a haunted kind of way where people pick it up as psychics or or people oh, yeah. see it, and there's stories behind it. So all these things that were happening back then, you know, they're like being relived and people are seeing them now, today. Yeah, and it's amazing. That is true. Um, you know, when we purchased it, we talked about it, that, that uh, you know, we bought it to save a piece of history, but didn't even think about it being haunted. And, uh, well, I found out right off the bat. <laughs> it didn't take long. How did you find out it was haunted? Things, you know, so what'd you say? I'm sorry. How did you find out it was haunted? Well, the first time I sat up there, uh, you didn't. I was in my vehicle. We had called uh, LG&E and the water company uh, to come up and you know to see about getting some electric and water up there because there was nothing. And um, I'm sitting in my pickup truck waiting for them to show up. You didn't want to get out because I mean it was a mess up there. It was pretty much used it for a dump, and the building was kind of left kind of open where you know. People could go in there, and so you didn't want to. You didn't want to be in there by yourself, but uh, you just didn't know what you're going to run into. And I'm sitting there in my pickup truck, and I'm waiting for them to show up. And I hear this noise, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I look over. I hear this like a motor, you know, something moving. And I look over, and my mirrors, my electric mirrors on my truck, were moving on their own. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "What the heck?" You know, uh, I didn't even. I'm like, "Really?" Well, then I thought I saw somebody in the building, which I could have been somebody, you know, a live person, because you know, like I said, it was open to the public. Well, I sat there for as long as I could, and get started getting dark, and of course they, you know, who I was waiting for never showed up, and I just, I just left. <laughs> I didn't stay, but that was my first thing that I had happened. And of course, well, that's not scary, really. I mean, it, it, it startled me. No, that's know, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funky. That's a little weird. That's a little yeah. strange. 
Yeah. But Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go back to the history uh, for a minute again, because there was something, there was a lot of unique things about that building, not just huge and not just, you know, the TB and being like one of the top places to be and state-of-the-art treatments um and i think there was even something in between there too uh, like a nursing home or something but there was there were so many deaths along the way so many people were dying yes that they had created that 
shoot? How did the how did the body shoot come about? Well, the body shoot originally was not built to take bodies down. It was built to bring materials up to build that building. You know, they built that building in less than two years. But they couldn't do that now. No. Because mm-hmm. they needed it. And, wow. I mean, and that building's built, you know. It, it uh, is. A it's fort. Another, it's, yeah, it is. I mean, it's made out of concrete and marble and drazzle and bricks. Um, and a lot of the bricks were made on the property also. But uh, they built that body chute, you know, to it was a maintenance tunnel that went down toward the railroad tracks for them to bring things up to build that building because it's mm. way up on the hill. That makes and sense. And body chute is, you know, approximately, you know, close to 600 feet long. And it's it's a, kind of a hard walk. if You can walk down it, but, boy, you better be prepared to come back up. Man, walking down it, just trying to go down there, it's like, oh, somebody well, going with me. It, you know, it's somebody hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, and then but coming back up, it's that gravity pushing you. You know, you're like, wow. Oh no, no, and, I'd uh, run. I would run. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, and then they it's scary for patient morale reasons. They started using it, uh, you know, to take the bodies down, and they had a makeshift morgue at the bottom. And I've had people tell me that they've seen it. It would actually sit more at the bottom. And a hearse or uh, a train, put them on the train or whatever. You know, the bodies were diseased. A lot of times families, you know, they, they didn't claim these bodies. You know, they couldn't. So, you know, I'm so sure they, they took them to a crematorium or wherever they needed to go. But uh, that's why they used it. Because they didn't want the patients to see hearses and different things coming up there to pick up the bodies. You know, because... People were dying left and right. And how would that make you feel? Your morale, you're oh, like, well, I guess yeah. I'm going to be next. It's going to be me tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, that's why they started using the body shoot. Makes and sense, though. It, yeah. And I think it's a great, I thought it was a great idea. You know, might as well utilize it. It's already, it's there. You know, but cable driven on a pulley system. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you ever go on a tour there, you're going to see it, you guys. You're going to see it. Oh, and yeah. if you, if you yeah. get to, go and do research there you'll be you that's one of the places you'll want to go and a lot of activity you know happens there people? you don't i mean if you got any health problems whatsoever you do not need to walk down that body shoot then you can get activity anywhere i mean sitting right that's true you don't have to go down it to get activity in it there's stuff but, a lot but it adds to it tina man it adds to it Ooh. when you're there it's, yeah, it's people go down and come up and oh. break out in the asthma attack and then come up and ask you for a cigarette. You're like, really? <laughs> come on. <laughs> hey, they were doing it back then. Why not? <laughs> Why? This is crazy. This is crazy. But anyways, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. And I, you were talking earlier about this building when you come up that hill. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw it, <sighs> I was just like, oh, my gosh. It's not real. It doesn't look real. No, I mean it just stands out when you get up there. It's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. It takes your breath away. It's just something yeah. like you've never seen before, and it's the energy that comes off of it too. It, oh, just, it draws you. And I, she call yeah. I call her she because she has an attitude. In <laughs> um, that building, right. and the reason I think it's hard. It sounds crazy. But that building had so many people in it, so many, many hopes and prayers and dreams yeah. of living yeah. coming out of everybody that walked through those 
first those doors that that building is like it's a, it's a, it's not like any other building you can walk into it's like it's alive it's it's just a yeah. feeling that comes from it and it's like I said, I know to anybody else it's going to sound crazy, but if you've ever been there, I know, Connie, you have to tell me that you feel it, too. No, absolutely. That building is alive. It's exactly the way to say it. And, and, and a lot of people did survive, and they are so thankful that they were there because they did live. And, you know, I found out from a lady that I had up there uh, that they interviewed on uh when Ghost Adventures was there, was that, um, she said, you never talked about it. It was, people didn't, you didn't want to talk about it after you left there. You were happy you survived, yeah. but you never talked about it. She said, because people would treat you like you still had. Oh, sure. So you just never talked about it ever again. And the day that she came up there, this is a woman almost 90 years old. She came up there on a, on a walker, and she was just, uh, uh, she just wanted to be there just one more time because that's what that place saved her life. Yeah. And uh, she said, I just, Tina, you don't understand how this makes me feel today. Just being able to be here and you know, she couldn't hardly explain it, but and it is hard to explain. It's like, wow, especially losing so many other people around you. Yeah, and it, it's just if you haven't never had anything life changing like that happen to you, it's just so hard for you to understand. And uh, she was just a, a beautiful woman, and I'm talking inside and out, and thankful, and just. I think once she made that, you know, through that disease, that she must have decided that she was just going to live a happy life. And you could, just being around her, you know, just made you want to be around her because she Love. was a very positive person. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. 
People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.